Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! What up, it's MC Lars. When you're done listening to The Bone Bad Show, you know that flow is going to get you where you want to go. Go on to your iTunes podcast browser. It won't take an hour. Then you can take a shower. Click on the MC Lars podcast. I'll do it right every night, and you know that I will rock fast and rock slow. Freestyle without the beat. Making promos on the radio for my man Steve. It's MC Lars telling you about my podcast coming back, and I'm doing it to the track piece. The MC Lars podcast on Horace Records Radio and iTunes. For the Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. It's Billy the Fridge, and you're listening to the five-year anniversary edition of the Bone Bat Show. Yeah, you know we do a real big around here. Presentation is rated R. Yeah, I play the part of real deal megastar. Go on, hate it hard. I'm virginal vagina type, right? This kind of like trying to fight a stick of dynamite. Doper than some China white. Come on, baby, give a snort. Oops, I was the basalt. Now I'm naked with a ninja sword. Stick it in your horn. I'll make a red samurai. Weed so tough, it'll make your dead grandma high. I got a camera guy to follow me. Reality. Television telling fridges oozing sexuality. Hella bitches jealous and it want my head game of thrones she can keep her dragons i want the booty make it known they say take it home i say let it ride cadillac door swing open better get inside if you're tripping high i'll beat you down you druggie you dancing with the devil hell i'll teach them how to thug you yeah they love me all the ladies love me they don't give a fuck if i'm fat and butt ugly and i don't give a fuck if they're fat and butt naked i'm just trying to blow your butt cheeks rum shaking Pump faking, run jukes on a pretender. Got a mail order bride, she scream return to sender. Turn to cinder, burn the sinners, we're all doomed. Lock you in a small room, pump up the volume. What's it called? Boom, bass bumping in the speakers. Got a vodka bottle taking shots in the theaters. Jocks in the bleachers, teachers in the meth lab. Seen it in the movies, not a cuties in the death cabs. Hold your breath, paps, blue ribbon sipping. Fat dudes spitting, ask who's getting chicken. Sitting with a few freaks chilling on a new beach and i'm so fly that i gotta buy two seats now please take the time to turn off your cell phones shut the fuck up and enjoy the future presentation Gorilla if you- 
Ain't none realer, ain't none shiller. Ain't some gorilla, King Kong, Godzilla. Hi, I'm Billy. Hi, I'm the fridge. When I kiss silly, hide all your kids. Hide all your cash and hide all your liquor. I tail your ass to the panic room quicker. Cause I figured you're fitting in my picture. And I'm taking what's mine cause I'm bigger. And my finger is pulling on my trigger. Me and V nasty screaming out nachos. Take your chips and your cheese, now they nachos. Coke killer, I'll spill your gazpacho. Head honcho, heading over to Roscoe's. I ordered the chicken and blue waffles. You awful, do Lego my ego. Your girl's hot though, yeah, I know she's Prego. I still spread it on the bread like it's mayo. Then kick her out the bed so I can play Halo. Stone cold killer, face like vanilla. Drill you in the griller if you chase my squilla. Ain't none realer, ain't none chiller. Ain't some gorilla, King Kong, Godzilla. Stone cold killer, face like vanilla. Drill you in the griller if you chase my squilla. Ain't none realer, ain't none chiller. Ain't some gorilla, King Kong, Godzilla. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 93 of the Bone Bat Show, our five-year anniversary extravaganza. Happy anniversary, Steve. Thank you, Gord. How's it going, man? It's going all right. I know we, we had to postpone this show for a week or so. I'm not sure. It's kind of fuzzy. Germany was not fucking pleased, let me tell you. There were missives. I'm sure there were, but frankly... I was unable to perform. I suffered a performance hindering injury and I could not podcast. I, I could not hardly do shit. I got what they call in the uh, medical circles a concussion. How I got the concussion, I'm not even going to go into right now. Let's just say I've, I've been concussed and not in that funny kind of ha ha. Wow, you really banged your head. Yeah, I had to take a nap the next day. My ears were ringing kind of way. No, like in a, it's been two weeks and I still don't have my act entirely together kind of concussion. It was fucked. I think that's the other word they use in medical circles. <laughs> that's the scientific term. Yeah. Uh, he's got a concussion. Oh, is it one of those little ones? No, he's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. But I have unfucked myself enough that I think I can focus on the podcast long enough that we can put one out without me throwing up, falling asleep, twitching any more than I usually do during one of these things. Nice. So uh, that's it. That's where we're going with this thing. Well, it's good to have you around for a show, man. Well, thank you. I expect absolutely no more uh, patience or understanding than the usual bit that you give me. <laughs> Just that little bit. Yeah, okay. just that, that tiny bit that you give me at the maybe at the very beginning of the show before you finally get so annoyed that you're throwing things at the picture you have of me. So our musical show. guest tonight, you mean like that? <laughs> <laughs> Happy anniversary, dickhead. I'm tired of listening to you, so we're going to talk about Billy the Fridge. All right. Now, through some strange mechanism of fruitfulness... Billy the Fridge which, just... Which one of us has a concussion? I know, that was like the most poorly phrased, awkward, stilted thing ever. Just through some miracle, Billy the Fridge happened to release a brand new album on the week we were doing our fifth anniversary show. So, who better to have? It's been a while, we had talked to Billy a couple of years ago about being on the show, and just for one thing and another, it never happened, and so the timing was perfect. So we've got brand new music, fresh from Seattle for you, by Billy the Fridge. I hope you enjoy it. 
and uh, we'll be playing it throughout the show. You better enjoy it, or Billy will come to your house and eat everything in your refrigerator and your medicine cabinet. So, dude. Dude. Five years. What do you think of that shit? That's a long time. I've had friends whose marriages have not lasted that long. You have. That's true. Yeah. God, in some states, I think we're considered legally wed now at this point. It's like a civil union. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird when people are like, happy anniversary, Stephen Gord. And I'm like, what What do I buy you for this? You know, is it tin? Is it balsa wood? I don't know what five years. I think it's tin and balsa wood. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. So uh, look forward to your tin and balsa wood airplane. Yeah, well, I'm recording this on a tin and balsa wood microphone. I'm not at all surprised. You know what? We had a couple of voicemails, so I'm going to play those now. Uh, now, before we get into the anniversary stuff, we actually have a little bit of old business. So let's kick the feedback off with some McPierce. Hey, guys, McPierce here. Gord, sitting here listening to you talking about that car rental that you had and your adventures at the gas pump. I've got a Nissan Xterra, and it's got the exact same kind of gas cap cover. When I first bought this truck five years ago, I think it was the first time I went to go get gas, I did the exact same thing as you. I was looking along the uh, dashboard by the driver's side. I was looking along the floorboards by the driver's side. I was looking every place for a relief for the cover on the gas cap, and I couldn't find it anywhere. And I finally got out, and I just, like, pushed my finger on one side of the seam, and it just popped out. There's no handle. There's no, no way to get that out except to push one side of that cover because the hinge is all set, and by pushing that one side, it pops the other one out. Pain in the ass, but I think it's stupid because every other vehicle in the world that you buy today has got a locking gas cap or a locking gas cap cover. All right, guys, talk to you later. Bye. Well, that, so, that makes me feel good because, he's, you know, he's right. Gas is what, like $93 a gallon right now? you gotta, you got to lock that stuff up. Well, yeah, and isn't, like, one of the reasons also people tampering with your gas or messing around with it? Kids put, Psycho ex-girlfriends putting golf balls in your gas tank. Kids putting sugar in your gas tank. I mean, isn't that a thing or was once upon a time? It was a thing. That was a thing. I think it still probably is a thing. So, yeah, why would you have a spring-loaded gas cover? That is just bizarre. Although I'm sure McPierce enjoys having something where he has to press his finger on it. Just oh, yeah. So I bet you he probably lingers over the fingering of his gas hole a little too long. <laughs> Do you think he, like, traces the outline of it gently several times before he puts his finger right on the spot? And he shudders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that needs to be locked up. Thanks for calling, McPierce. <laughs> All right, here's another one. Hey, guys. Vaughn. Vaughn. When you get this in before uh, you guys post it in an episode, hopefully you guys didn't record anything yet. But uh, I wanted to wish you guys a happy five year on the uh, old uh, internet podcasting arena. I think it's, it's a great thing. I've been listening to you guys for a couple years now, not five years, but a couple years. And yeah, you guys are pretty freaking great. You know, uh, I have no favorites. It's overall the whole thing. The fact that uh, you two guys are pretty good friends, and you're able to relate back to the podcast in, in many ways. Steve's kind of quality of picks on music, eh, give or take, <laughs> hit or miss, you know. But besides that, it's a great show. You know, you guys keep it up. The times you guys have asked me to be a part of the show have been really great. And, uh, yeah, I really kind of respect you guys. You know, even though I think I've probably been doing this a little longer than you have, but 
as a podcast that kind of are able to continue to go on, even with all the shit that's going on in your lives. In fact, the both of you have fam- full-on families. Myself just starting a family, and I haven't posted a podcast in over a month because of it. Um, because of a, a new child is a pain in the ass, I, I think both of you guys should know. You know, it is probably the greatest time ever, but it's still a big pain in the ass. You kind of, all your spare time goes to making sure he is, you know, off, you know, and not crying and screaming, making sure he has fresh diapers and shit. Yeah, I know you guys understand that, but, you know, just the way you guys are able to do it, and you guys have young kids and wives and jobs, and you're still able to get on a podcast once a month. Like, I can't even get my ass upstairs to even record for 15 minutes. It's just, it shows the, the, the dirt of you guys. Um, the dirt of that, us? That's one of the reasons why I respect you a lot. Keep me entertained, even in my, you know, my most down turns when I feel completely beaten up and I listen to your show. It makes me really happy to hear you guys are out there bullshitting and having fun. Yeah, but that's pretty much all I have to say. Happy fifth again. And, um... Yeah, keep going, guys. I hope another five more years. Right, later. Dearth. I think he meant girth. That's probably what he meant. Yeah, because, you know. Because dearth is really the opposite of what he meant. I hope. It's like four Coke cans stacked on top of each other. <laughs> That's Link. <laughs> it's girth could be four it's Coke cans all set inside. Coke can is what I'm getting at. Oh. You know, man, having a baby mellowed Vaughn the fuck out. It really, polished, he got substantially less crazy it sounding. It polished all of his rough edges to just a glossy sheen. That, Wow, I, I don't know what to make of a kinder, gentler Vaughn. I'm not sure I'm in favor of it, frankly. <laughs> He'll bounce back. Like the, the, you know, this close to violence lunatic uh, postman Vaughn. The first nine months when you have a kid, especially, I mean, we were pretty lucky with, like, kids that slept. Yeah. My daughter, there was there was kind of like a, she had like the, what do they call it, colic or something? Where yeah. you have like the crying jags right before bed. And it was like clockwork. Every night she would cry from like 9 to 11. And it was inconsolable. You couldn't stop her crying. But once you got her to sleep, she would sleep all night. Because, you know, chloroform. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just keep my kids in the backyard. <laughs> I thought it was in the basement. We don't have basements out here. We had to use a yard. Oh, okay. Which got a little sketchy when we moved to the house with the pool, but, but you yeah. know, they either learn to swim or they don't. Let me just say, Vaughn, it will get better. And, yeah. I mean, you know, before you know it, you will be taking your son to late-night grindhouse movies in, well, I don't know, wherever you are. I took my daughter this week to see Return of the Living Dead at the uh, Grand Cinema in Tacoma at 11 p.m. showing and it was awesome to share that experience with my kid who also loves horror and like she was just you know the scene with the split dog the guy's bashing it with a crutch and i look over and my daughter's like laying on the seat in front of her laughing <laughs> oh, i love that girl i know anyway, it's, like, gonna... it's like that's that's my kid man and i'm sharing my loves and stuff so i know it's hard right now and you're tired but it'll get better Holmes. This is one of the things that they don't tell you. There's, I'm going to touch on this later. They don't tell you things about life, medical things about life. You just got to find them out for yourself. The first, I don't know, five to nine months is supposedly is sold to you as this magical time with the baby. And then, no, it's fucking hell. That's what it is. It's crazy hell. Your wife is a hormonal crazy wreck. 
You're not and, getting laid. Let's face it. No, God, no. That's that's. You're not even thinking about that. <laughs> that's going to happen in much the same way. Oprah's going to show up to your house and give you a car. <laughs> in that, it's not going to happen. But you, you too, become kind of a crazy hormonal wreck. You're just bathed in all these hormones. I think it screws up the men as well. No one, no one talks about that. So you're just in a house of craziness, tears, poop, and breast milk. It's not a good time for anyone. No wonder the kid is crying. <laughs> it gets better. Steve's right, man. It gets better. Well, thank you for calling, Vaughn. It's always great to hear from you. And here is, uh, I think this is our last call, and it is a good one. Here we go. Hey, fellas, this is MC3PO from Death Star calling in on your fifth anniversary show to show a little love to my favorite podcast. I wrote you guys a little something. Hopefully it comes through and I don't screw it up. I've been around for many years, but truly first came alive back when the Bone Bash show premiered, and now today it turns five. With slick hosts and thick folks, they pick shows to quick folks, reviews of pop and not so pop culture, music, and dick jokes. Steve and Gordon, yeah, they were dastardly duo with mad fans, an ultra mighty wombat, and an invincible bone hand. So stick your headphones in your ears and flip the podcast on and groove out while Death Star is busy doing your mom. You know, like we do. Nice. Was that inappropriate? Because it, uh, it felt inappropriate. Happy birthday, fellas. Have a good one, Gordon. I do have a good one. Bravo! Nice. So nice. Wasn't that fucking magnificent? Yeah. Thank you, 3PO. That was awesome. How cool. That was great. Wow. That was better than a birthday card. No shit. That was better than a gift card to Arby's, I'll tell you what. (laughs) A gift card to Arby's. Did you get that this year? No, I figure that's what you sent me, though. <laughs> Next year now, for sure. <laughs> do they even still have Arby's anymore? They do. You know what? I've never been an Arby's guy. I think we talked about that before. Like, I've eaten there a handful of times in my life. I remember eating there in high school. And I remember it being sold to me as a place that was just hellacious and terrible. And then eating there and thinking, hey, this really isn't all that bad. Nah, it's just it's just not that good either. It's just sort of in between. I mean, uh, on the balance, I would rather have, say, a Whopper than one of their roast beef things. And so if the two of them are across the street from each other, I'm going to go for the burger every time. Yeah, I can see that. Dude, didn't we... Do you remember that trip we took up to, like, Medford? And we went up. It was the day that... Uh, and Justice for All came out. I bought the cassette of And Justice for All, and I think we went and saw Roger Rabbit. And I think we ate at oh, Arby's yeah. that trip. I do remember that trip. Did we eat at Arby's? That part I don't remember. Okay. I think we might. We may have. That's like the one memorable Arby's meal I think I remember eating. <laughs> I can either confirm or deny most of what happened on that trip. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to talk about that. So, dude, dude, what pisses you off? You know what pisses me off? What's that? The new referees in football not being criticized at all for their calls. The replacement referees, they're in the game. Not five minutes into the game, people start bitching. They do a bad call. Everyone's talking about it. The new referees, they do a bad call. Nothing. Silence. They don't even bring it up. It's as if there's some sort of conspiracy where you're not even allowed to criticize the new refs. That pisses me off. 
you motherfucker, you stole my what pisses me off, and that pisses me off. Oh, really? I thought you were going to talk about whiny Green Bay fans. <laughs> well, that was part of it, but that's as an offshoot of the replacement ref call. Okay, let's just get this all out there. Go ahead, do it. The game happened, the Monday night game against the Green Bay Packers. The Seahawks won on a questionable call at the end of the game. Yes, they did. I, and, You know, if someone is going to benefit from a terrible call, I'm glad you benefited from it instead of suffering. I'm glad you said that. Thank you. Now, from my seats in Section 326, we couldn't see shit. That was at the other end of the field <laughs> in the opposite end zone. We saw a white mass of humanity jump in the air with one guy, one Seahawk in the middle of it. They all fall down on the ground. A ref runs across the field and throws up his arms, and everybody in the stadium goes ape shit, but kind of a tentative ape shit. Like, really? And so then... So it's more like ape fart. Right. So then they go, and they do the replay, and the ref comes back. They've, they've reviewed it in the booth. Now, these are not re- replacement people in the booth. These are actual NFL officials that rubber-stamped that play as being not something that could be overturned. So Seahawks win the game. Now, was that game, watching it in super slow-mo, was that call bad? Yes, it was a shitty call. If that went against me as a Seahawks fan, I would have been pissed. But, thing to remember, as a Seahawks fan, I don't feel at all bad about that call and winning a game on a shitty call. And the next day it was like, oh, well, you can be a proud fan because, you, you know, winning that way? Oh, I could never win that way. Yeah, you could, especially... If things had happened to you in your career, such as 1998, the Seahawks are playing the Jets in the last game of the season. Vinny Testaverde runs towards the end zone, falls down a foot short of the end zone. This is verifiable in photographs. The touchdown is given to the Jets. The Seahawks miss the playoffs, and Coach Dennis Erickson is fired. The next year, they institute instant replay because of this call. 2003, the Seahawks are ahead of the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore by like 24 points at halftime. Baltimore comes roaring back and comes within 38 to 41. There's 58 seconds left. A call stops the clock. The refs have a conference and they never restart the clock. The Baltimore Ravens take the next two minutes to score if the 40 seconds had been run off of that should have been run off by referee Tom White, the Seahawks would have won that game, one of the biggest turnaround comebacks in history of the NFL. The next week, Tom White was fined half of his game check for fucking the call up <laughs> by the NFL, and apologies were issued. Super Bowl XL. I don't even know where to start. The phantom Daryl Jackson pass interference call in the end zone. Ben Roethlisberger, again, falling short of the touchdown and being awarded it. Matt Hasselbeck being called for illegal block in the back after he tackled a guy after an interception. Total bullshit. Four years later, referee Bill Levy comes to Seattle and apologizes to the Seahawks for costing a bunch of calls that potentially affected the outcome of Super Bowl XL. I am not going to feel at all shitty about this one win we got. And the fact that, you know, granted, Seahawks fan, I've got low self-esteem about my team. I can admit it. But when it happens to the Packers, the entire nation goes fucking ape shit about what a travesty it is. Nobody was backing us up when we got screwed in the Super Bowl. 
that sucks, my friend, and it pisses me off. Wow. You feel better now? Kinda, was, but that, I'm still a Seahawks fan, and they got beat by the Rams on Sunday, so no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, here, here's the other thing that pisses me off. Okay. I mentioned at the, at the top of the show that I had a concussion. Yes. Yeah. This, this is what pisses me off. The medical mystery that is my body that no one has bothered to explain to me. You just have, kind of have to experience these things in life, and then you find out about them later. This is what happened. This is how I uh, got a concussion. The least masculine way you can imagine. I passed out and hit the hope chest on the way down. Yeah. So I got up out of bed in the morning, and I might I might add, this was 9-11 when this happened. So I hate 9-11. <laughs> got up out of bed in the morning, walked to the bathroom, took a leak, went to the sink to wash my hands, and felt really crappy. Felt like, wow, I, I feel like I'm going to pass out. I just, I don't know what's up with this. So I thought, if I pass out right here on the bathroom floor, it's going to freak out my wife. So I'm just going to, and this all happens in like a split second of poor thinking. I'm just going to walk back to the bed and lay down in the bed. I walk almost to the bed and I pass right out, just went down, lost consciousness. And on the way down, I smacked the underside of my chin on the hope chest. So not only am I losing consciousness in one manner, I'm getting like a stiff uppercut to the jaw on the way down. And it just screwed me up. Opened up my chin, neck area, just gaping, bloody wound. I look like a human Pez dispenser. Bleeding all over the floor, unconscious, which, by the way, will freak out my wife a lot more than just seeing me lay down on the bathroom floor, apparently. So, yeah. dead weight fall. Straight chin, down. Chin first onto a large wooden box. Onto the sharpened little railing corner of the oh, wooden box. Shit. Yeah. Just just laid me open, laid me out. And here's the thing. What happened, apparently, according to a bunch of people with medical degrees, is I had what's called a vasovagal response. And you've got this nerve. We all have it. It's the vasovagal nerve. And it's, it goes essentially from generally around your butthole region, I think is the medical term for it, all the way up to your brain. And there's a big offshoot, a big branch, if you will, that goes over to Mr. Hart. And so if something wiggles and jiggles inside of you just wrong, just the wrong way, it'll bump into that nerve. And then it's like control all delete for you. Your brain goes, whoa, the heart's in trouble. Let's shut down. Let's reboot. And you go down. And the things that can cause it, it's easily avoided if you avoid certain things. Uh, the things include uh, sitting, standing, eating. Peeing, pooping, screwing, laughing, hiccuping, coughing, farting, basically anything that can move stuff around inside of you might just bump this nerve and you will go down. No one tells you this, though, when you're growing up. No one prepares you for that. I mean, did your dad ever take you aside and go, hey, by the way, Steve? No, but I mean, in all fairness, I didn't try to walk from the bathroom to the bedroom with my finger in my butthole. <laughs> <laughs> I, there, there was no butthole fingering going on that I am aware of. Oh, my, my, my bad. <laughs> it's uh, so, I don't know, maybe someone with more talent than me should write a book and just inform. It's like 
when you when you turn I don't know 16 and you're getting your driver's license, you should also get like the the this is your body license and just be informed of some things about yourself that are gonna happen or might happen. You know, we know the obvious things. You get older and you're probably gonna lose some of your hair. You're probably gonna gain some weight. Uh, you know, your eyesight probably gonna gonna get a little worse. But there's some things that they sh- they just should tell you, like. A, a slow hearing loss is probably no big deal. A sudden hearing loss is probably a huge deal. As you get older, if you're a guy, especially a heavier guy, your feet will get wider. Don't buy a super expensive fancy pair of shoes at the age of 35, because at the age of 36, you might not fit in them anymore. Nobody tells you that. What else? Here's one perhaps you don't even know. Blood in your semen is generally nothing to worry about, even if it's your own blood. <laughs> Good. Good. Blood in your urine, however, is often a big deal, like a really big deal, and you need to get that checked out immediately. And while we're on the subject, no one tells you this. You ought to know this, though. Not only does asparagus make your pee smell bad, it makes your cum taste terrible. Or so I hear. <laughs> so, or so I hear. <laughs> what was that all that gum smacking going on? <laughs> That wasn't me. <laughs> Happy anniversary. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. It's a medical mystery. I mean, the show's only turned five years old. Maybe maybe there's things we need to know about when your podcast gets older. I don't know, but I think we've got all kinds of sage advice for a new father like Vaughn in this episode. That's true. Hey, Vaughn, you might accidentally pass out someday from anything. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> if it happens, just avoid... The hope chest. Try to, at all costs. They call it that. They call it the hope chest because you hope you better not hit it on the way down when you're passing out from a vassal vagal response. So how many? You're probably going to have. So how many stitches did you have? Ten. Count them. Ten oh. stitches. Yeah, the pictures were brutal. They were just really ugly looking. Yeah, and you were so sympathetic. I Tony, was. I, I was. My business partner you. calls you up and says, "Hey, Gordon's in the hospital. He bumped his chin." And you're like. On somebody's balls, I presume. <laughs> I totally did say that. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was just terrible of me, and it shouldn't have happened. No, I, I'm actually kind of glad you did not pass up that comedy opportunity. <laughs> that would have been the real tragedy. That would have been a 9-11 tragedy. The terrorists would have won right there. If we stopped making dick jokes, the terrorists win. That's right. But, you know... I'm mostly all better. Uh, the concussion is is wearing off, I think, and uh, my face is stitched up. I'm sporting some facial hair because I cannot shave without essentially taking a planer to my face. So, <laughs> yeah, that's me. So, are we gonna listen to some music or what? Yeah, let's listen to a tune. I'm glad to have you back, though, man. It's good oh, that you're you. back, bringing the fun. So, what are we gonna hear? How about Cadillac Rolling Fat, a Billy the Fridge classic from Million Dollar Fantasy Freak Show? Here it is. Cadillac rolling fat. Oh, oh man, put that pipe down. Uh, Cops just passed, guys. C- come on, put put the beer away. You're gonna get me pulled over. Tony got a license right now, man. Back cousins in the front seat. Gatsby's in the back with a package of lunch meat. Someone punched me. Screaming slugger bug. It's barfly eating peanut butter cups. Big buck. 
cooking fried chicken skin golden. Got swollen in the Cadillac rolling. Presidential, it feels like we're bowling. They shoot, we don't even smell our bowling soup. Blow the coop in the coop to veal. The coop to gras. We don't need to shoot to kill. Get loose with Bill. And it will be a code red. Little man, I'ma take your code red. Cause I'm a bully with a fully automatic. Transmission, y'all listen, it's magic. Don't panic if I look like I'm drunk. I've been sipping off the beam that I got in the trunk. We get those old schools because we Cadillac rolling Get it poppin' on the deep dish. Layin' fridge there, need some toppings on the deep dish. Peep this, you love the way the seat grips. Tiger, tiger style, got you hooked like sea clips. <laughs> Now I'm listening to cheap trick. Boss with the marinara sauce and the cheese sticks. Run the wing platters, onion ring batter. Think a couple king crab will make my fucking team fatter. Three bills, all muscle. I'll get you on the ground, no bills gon' crush you. You don't want it, show me my opponent. Show me where the food is. What you got? Yeah, I'll take another scoop of those. Take a stick of butter and then fry it in chalupa dough. Couple haters, yeah, there'll always be a group of those. I can lose weight, but you'll always be stupid though. We get those old schools because we Once again, that was Cadillac Rolling Fat off Billy the Fridge's album Million Dollar Fantasy Freak Show. And joining yeah. us now on the show, Billy the Fridge himself. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm, I'm doing really great. Glad to be on the Bone Bat Show finally. I've been uh, admiring from afar. <laughs> well, this is a long distance admirer. You know, PAX two years ago, you actually handed me a Nerdcore t-shirt. Yes, I guess I was in a crowd of nerds, and you gave that to me. I I sleep with that shirt now. Those, those shirts were like uh, candy to a fat kid. Uh, they they were uh, very popular. I think I got like an HJ or something out of uh, one of them. <laughs> yeah. Weird looking dude, though. I don't. I didn't really want it. Oh, that was Gord. <laughs> yeah. Gee, hurt my feelings. Oh. So you could have closed your eyes. <laughs> I'm not one to turn down any sort of affection. I appreciate it. Nice. 
So, man, uh, trying to look for bios of Billy the Fridge and, you know, just do a little legwork before this interview. There's a lot of stuff out there on the Internet about you. Maybe misinformation. I don't know. So maybe you can tell me (laughs) if this is true. Were you at some point a professional wrestler? Yes. I trained up in Canada for a while, and I did some workout on the East Coast. I kind of retired in 2007, but I did do a show in Las Vegas last year. Mm-hmm. It was uh, called Freak Show Wrestling, and there was a bunch of weird people and like some former uh, WWF wrestlers. And it was like a, a rap show. I did a rap show before the wrestling show. That's why I was down there, but they talked me into a match. But otherwise, uh, I kind of kind of quit. I don't know. There's a clip of me going around the internet uh, where I puked about, uh, I don't know, four times in the ring and then passed out. Oh, shit. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> no, it, it was totally like an accident. I drank a gallon of water about 20 minutes before my match, and I went to do a belly splash. The guy moved, and all the water just kind of shot up out of my esophagus and in spurts, so it looked like I was really dying, but Holy it was really shit. just the water on its way out. <laughs> it, it made it to Chris Hardwick's Web Soup, and then a couple other web programs like picked up the clip. So it got me uh, fulfilled the childhood dream by having my, uh, my wrestling on TV. I always wanted to be a wrestler on TV. Amazing. And okay. So it just randomly worked out that way. So you, you were living the dream. Exactly. All right. Well, what about also that you've done some time as a competitive eater? Yeah, that was another weird thing. I uh, had some friends who were in a band, and to promote one of their albums, they decided to do, like, donut eating contests. And okay. the guy was like, you got to come enter, man. You're, you'll be hilarious. And I went in, and they had, like, a little TV crew there for a Seattle station. And like I, I got a big buzz off of it for some reason, and the World League of Competitive Eating hit me up. This guy who like used to compete on Coney Island for the the hot dogs every year. Okay, he had a falling out with uh, the the people running that company, and he started his own company. And he signed me to the company, but I never really did anything under his realm of of eating. So it was just like hokey pokey local stuff. But for a minute, like we were in talks of doing like a tour of India and Japan and eating in front of starving people, which I thought was terribly rude. But <laughs> that's, that's not cool at all. <laughs> he, he thought he thought it would make some big money, so I was like, "Whatever, man, buy me two plane seats and <laughs> and I'll go." Okay, what about midget pimp? Okay, which which is this? <laughs> <laughs> which sign? <laughs> no, I was just leading into a question that Gord has for you. Yeah. Okay, okay. Here's okay. My, you're, you're kind of a big guy, I've noticed. But yeah. I've also noticed that next to booze and food, probably the third most touched upon topic in your songs is midgets. You've got oh, yeah, midgets really? in a lot of songs. Have you noticed that? Do we all just seem like midgets to you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a big fan of people who have different body shapes. Like, not just midgets, but like, I'm a big fat ball of a guy. And then I like big giraffe looking tall people and people who look like the letter Z. I've seen a couple people (laughs) shaped like the letter Z. I'm a big fan of awkward body shapes and midgets totally fall in there. Freaks, you know? Big fan of the freaks fantasy freak show there you go yeah so how'd you get started as a rapper man as accident a buddy of mine wanted me to do some prank phone calls with him one night so we went into this recording studio to record like a comedy album so kind of like jerky uh, boys type stuff 
Yeah, kind of like Jerky Boys. It was god awful. Like I wasn't into it, but he was trying to get me to like work with him. And long story short, I started doing like promo, web, and graphic work with this studio. And I don't know, half a dozen years later, I realized that I could rap better than a lot of the guys coming in the studio to rap. So I just started recording a couple of songs here and there as, as like jokes, like the Lusty Lady and stuff. I think the Lusty Lady was the maybe second song I ever recorded on my own mm-hmm. and uh, so many people were into it so I just kind of kept recording little songs here and there until finally people were calling me a rapper like I would have never called myself that back in the day and then they were like no man you're a rapper I want I want to hear an album from you so I gave them what they wanted and I was a rapper I guess it just kind of <laughs> Happened overnight over like a long period of time. So Million Dollar Fantasy Freak Show when then was kind of like a collection of your early singles, or did you yeah, like re-record yeah, no, honestly, all that stuff like the, to release the whole that thing? Pretty much was just like demo stuff that I was recording to kind of practice recording because I really didn't. I never intended to put out an album until someone was like, you know, you have enough songs that you could really fill out like a CD, mm-hmm. and and I just kind of I decided, you know what. Let's do it. And that's when I started doing live shows. And uh, I think this was back in 2008 or so. Okay. I did the wrestling stuff and I was just kind of going into competitive eating at the time. And I knew I had the entertainer aspect in my repertoire. So I ran with it. My, my repertoire. <laughs> Yeah, I think the first time I, I uh, heard your stuff was uh, I saw you at the High Dive when you opened for MC Frontalot. Yeah, that was Death a fun Star time. was there. That was the night I met Death Star as well. Uh, yeah. Seattle Geekly was there, Matt and Shannon, yeah. and they introduced us. And yeah. you know, from there, that was kind of where I was first dipping my toe into Seattle, you know, rap and nerdcore as well. So yeah, I remember that night really well. It was very interesting. It was a lot of fun, though. I, I, I'm a big fan of Front a lot. Uh, I, like just like when when they called me to be on that show, I was like gung ho, like right off the bat. Yes. I would love to do that. Like, like at that point in time, I was like, all the work I put in is paid off. I'm opening for front a lot. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was definitely good times. Cool. And then in 2011, you pulled together the uh, LBS EP. Yeah. Lunchbox uh, Soldiers. I, yeah. Lunchbox Soldiers with my buddy, uh, Tim Kahn. He, he was the guy that pulled me in almost 10 years ago into the studio I recorded at to do the comedy stuff, mm-hmm. do the phone calls. Oh, okay. And he was like, let's do an EP. Let's do something because he wanted to like get the band back together, the, the terrible <laughs> band that we had back in the day. And we went by LBS Satan. then. Yeah, for real, a mission from uh, Fast Food Satan. <laughs> and then he talked me into doing the EP with him, and uh, it turned out pretty good. I had a couple of key features like from Beefy and Kabuto the Python that just totally like added to my bucket list of things to do. Uh-huh. And then after that, uh nothing of note really went down until this album. Mm-hmm. Old Fashioned, which just released this week. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. uh it's it's kinda like me going back to the Seattle scene because like the LBS project I did was a lot of nerdcore producers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh I think Seattle kinda slipped away from me a bit and i wanted to get back in with like all the producers on this one are local guys that are kind of bigger names uh in the the rap scene and i I just i felt like i needed to get back into that 
scene a little bit because I, I, I did a lot of growing up in that scene, and I, I like the rap here in Seattle too, beyond nerdcore. Yeah, you seem to be out of the you know the Seattle rappers that that I'm familiar with, probably the least really steeped in the nerdcore mythos. That you seem to hearken quite a bit more back to old school hip hop. Yeah, I, I don't know why that is because I totally uh, love the. Uh, the whole nerdcore genre environment, but I just, there's always been, I don't know if I want to say more or different, but I've, I've always kind of been a little too dirty and a little too uh, rude to exactly fit in. I don't know. <laughs> I always feel like I'm on the outside of everything looking in. So that, that could be it. Okay. I don't think I'm quite old school rap or quite traditional rap or quite nerdcore. I'm just kind of like that guy who wants to come into the party and they're like, do we have room for him? <laughs> Come on, I did a Star Wars rap. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like when I did the Star Wars rap, I really didn't know about Nerdcore. And someone was like, yeah, you should check this out. And the first thing I saw was the Frontalot uh, Nerdcore Rising movie. And I was like, dude, this is awesome. Frontalot to me is just awesome. Like I, I, I knew about Lars, I knew about Chris, and I knew about uh, YT Cracker before that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really know like the genre. Like, Frontalot's movie, Nerdcore Rising, painted everything for me. It just put everything into place, made it something I could understand. And at that point, I was like, I like this. Yeah, absolutely. And the the timing was kind of right for you, too, right? Yeah, it just kind of worked out. So how did the recording of this latest album come together? Well, about a year ago, a buddy of mine wanted to uh, do a project with me. And he was like, hey, uh, you got anything you want to do? I'll throw some money at you. We'll get something working, and we decided to do the new album, and we just paid for uh, quality studio time and stuff. I didn't want to do a half-ass recording. I want to do something that would hold its hold its weight tonally. I don't I don't know the mm. word for audio something or other. I'm I'm not a technical guy. I just talk a lot. <laughs> so I, I go in there and we rapped and we got some fun fun stuff done. I think. Uh, a few of the features, a few of the producers I worked with were kind of like people I really wanted to, to work with. So it was it was like something I wanted to do, and we had the means to do it. The first part of the year, like the first six months, we really didn't get much done. I think we recorded about two songs. And then the last six months before I released it, we just went into overdrive and recorded the rest of the album. Just back, 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 got it all out. Mm-hmm. And now it's here to corrupt the minds of the innocent. <laughs> well, I got to say, I'm really enjoying a lot of the cuts. I think, like I mentioned to you, I think uh, the song we opened the show with, Eight Ton Gorilla, uh, yeah. Dumb is another favorite, and both uh, Gangster Dick and Forever Alone, I think, are just instant classics. And nice. uh, really enjoying the vibe of the album and uh, what you have to say. A lot of clever writing, Billy. Really enjoy your way with words on this one. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I knew Gangster Dick would hold its own. Like, I was. That song wrote itself. <laughs> so to speak. Right <laughs> Man, no, Gangster Dick totally wrote itself. I can't take any credit for that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's good when your dick writes your raps for you. I'm saying. It's I hard to hard. keep the good dick down. You know how it is. <laughs> yes. Like any good rapper, I understand you had a little legal trouble with your latest video shoot. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about how this went down? Now, this is for the tune uh, Seattle Love Story, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's like the only serious song I've ever recorded. And uh, after I recorded it, I got some feedback and someone was like, let's do a video for this. So we went and got a 
decent director. He's done a lot of local videos. Really good guy. I, I'm a big fan of his work. He's not like you know mainstream mainstream yet, but he's he's getting there. And uh, the video came out looking great. Long story short, we were in a hotel room recording the final scenes, and there was a lot of uh, simulated drug use in the the video due to the subject matter of the song. So we had a bunch of needles and bagged up powder that looked like heroin and stuff in the room. And I was on this website that I totally whore myself out on called battlecam.com. <laughs> and we were live broadcasting and it's pretty much full of just despicable internet trolls that try and tear apart whoever's on cam. Okay. And I love sparring with them. I'll just go for like hours just going at it, trying trying to have them give me their best and I just dish it right back out. And uh, I think somehow they got hold of the police and sent them to our hotel room. Like the police came earlier to the room two doors down from us. So I think they might have got the wrong room at first because I guess the cops came three times to three different rooms that night. And uh, the, the, the rooms two doors down from us were some prostitutes. And, like, they were doing whatever. It was a really shitty motel. And, <laughs> you stayed in a pretty fine place here, didn't you? Oh, the worst. We needed a shit, a shit place. It just needed to be terrible. We ordered two rooms, one for filming in. So there was, like, fake blood and drugs and flower petals all around the place. The other room was for hanging out in. We kind of destroyed the other room with a bouquet of flowers. Some girl slapped somebody in the face with them and they just exploded. So we went back into the shooting room afterwards. So all these paraphernalias were laying around. And I'm on this website, battlecam.com, talking trash. And out of nowhere, this door like gets kicked in. But we have the little safety bar, the little inward latch that has to be unlocked open so they couldn't get the door open. We're like, hold on, we'll get the latch open. Boom, we get it open. The cops come in, cuff my friend, go to cuff me. They say that they have a felony arrest warrant out for somebody who exactly matches my description. Who the and hell is that? Exactly. I'm like 450 pounds, six foot three, the prettiest man you'll ever meet. But I got long curly hair. Like, how's there going to be two of me anywhere? Like, yeah, your, I, I your think looks are distinctive. Pulling, pulling my shit because Battle Cam set them up to come. Uh, get me like they've they've sent SWAT teams to people's houses before live on camera. So I thought it was just I thought I was just getting got. Uh-huh. They locked me up in cuffs. I'm sitting here talking about how I can't move because I I technically dislocated my leg earlier messing around for some other thing on cam. And so I had a sorny. I was like, hey, I'm not gonna walk for anybody. Go run my ID and <laughs> they run the ID. They come back and they're like, check his back for a tattoo and like lift up my shirt i'm like you want to look at my butt and they're like no no they look at my back <laughs> i see this tat they see there's no tattoo there and they're like okay well you're free to go and i was like no you're free to go get the hell out of here like i told you from the get though this was a mistake but they thought they were onto something they thought they were about to go cash in a fifty thousand dollar bond and do some i don't know cop cocaine whatever that is donuts or coffee i, I think they call it cocaine <laughs> yeah, it's true. See what happens when you stay at Holiday Inn Express. Fuck those guys. <laughs> I feel smarter already. <laughs> this, this was like a uh, Econo something or other. I don't know. Roadway Inn. It's the, the dirtiest place. It was, we were on the second level, and I swear up and down, there was like a uh, Hurricane Katrina floodline across the wall. 
but it just it just looked it was a like water how line? Is there a steady like, line of just grime and flood water on the second floor. Oh shit! How does this happen? That must have been a hell of a storm. I know it was, it was something. I think that the room might have been used to film a uh, water sports video or something. Some golden showers. Holy shit, that's, that's pretty amazing. Man. Yeah, All but right. I didn't go to jail. and Yeah, I, I, we're I, glad you didn't go to jail, too, because that would have <laughs> fucked up our podcast, and we can't have that shit. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I had I had this, this show the next night. Uh, this guy, Riff Raff, who raps with Andy Milanakis and Dirt Nasty, and he's like this L.A. scumbag rapper. It was an all-ages show. And I knew it was going to be like a big show because they'd already sold like half the tickets out. They ended up selling out all ages, just a bunch of kids that were like drunk and high. It was the worst crowd, but like the show was awesome. And I I knew if I was in jail, I would be missing out on some sort of terrible debauchery. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you weren't. That's That's a good deal, man. Yeah. But I'm Teflon. They they can't put me in jail anyways. I think uh, I'd be too pretty. <laughs> all right, man. Well, why don't we uh, do what we usually do, the last question we ask all of our guests on the Bone Bad Show. Billy, what pisses you off? Oh, man. I'm usually a really calm guy, but I really, 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 really hate it when a vending machine gets my snack halfway stuck. Oh, that's you the ever, worst. You ever have that? Oh yeah. You put like a buck twenty five and you're working on a budget, so it's not like you can just put another buck twenty five in. You usually lose change in your pocket. And the thing starts to spin and boom, before you know it, your package of Oreos or whatever, M and M's, whatever is there, gets stuck and you try and shake the damn machine and nothing comes out. And it's like hung up in the corkscrew just as a point. So the next guy is going to get two fucking stacks. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I'm exactly. always that guy, too. I love, I'll love. i see stuff I don't even like, and I'll be sure I get two of them. <laughs> For real. It's yeah. karma, I guess. You have to... Uh, whenever my snack gets stuck, I do figure it's going to pay it forward to some awesome person coming up next. I, I assume that some shit bum isn't going to come by and get my double pack of fucking... Jujubes, I don't know. <laughs> I would be so mad if like some scum of the earth prick got my damn jujubes, though. <laughs> well, here's a cautionary tale for you, since you do get pissed in that situation. Yeah. I had a good buddy in college, same kind of thing, very mild-mannered guy, but that set him off. He started rocking the machine, not oh, yeah. you know, just trying to rock it to make the thing vibrate out. Oh yeah. He rocked it too far. It went yeah. back and then it went forward right at him. And he stepped back as much as he could. He literally lost a toe. No, no shit. Wham on the toe. Yeah. Oh. oh. See, I'm so big that I can rock those things, and I usually do. Like, I, I've honestly, there's been very few times where they actually kept my snack. But <laughs> I was shaking. Pro- rock. You could probably ingest those things. I've tipped one all the way over and then lifted it back up one time. <laughs> And I felt bad because a whole shitload of candy came out. <laughs> I felt like I was stealing, but I didn't want to leave it there because somebody else would get it. But maybe, maybe that's why they always stick on me now. They got it's your like number. this bad snack machine karma you have now. Yeah. Maybe I just admitted to another crime and I'm going to have the police <laughs> bust in and get me on some sideways snack capers. Fortunately, nobody <laughs> listens to this show, Billy, so it's not yes. a problem. <laughs> now this is the five year man it's a big deal yeah it's That's pretty exciting right. man this is episode 93 so we've, we've been doing this a while and i'm glad you could join us for this landmark so to speak 
Oh, I'm I'm glad to be here. This, this is uh, easily the greatest five-year podcast I've ever been a part of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Well, you know, normally at this time we go into a song, but being Billy the Fridge, I was thinking, why don't we do some filthy jokes now with you? Okay, okay. Cool. First off, I had a, a joke emailed in. A listener named Tony V says, uh, you probably already heard this one. So this man goes to the strip club. When he gets inside, he notices a prime seat right in the front row. It's unoccupied, though, for some reason. So he sees an opportunity, and he sits right down. As soon as the first stripper walks out, the guy directly behind him yells, Yeah, baby, that's what I'm talking about. Just kind of going apeshit, a little too exuberant. The guy who's sitting in the front row turns around and gives the guy a look. A few minutes later into the show, the stripper swings around a pole a few times, takes off her top. And the loud guy, once again, yeah, baby, shake those things. The guy turns around and he's, hey, buddy, calm it down, okay? Everybody's trying to have a good time here. A few minutes later, the stripper takes off her skirt, revealing a very thin G-string. Again, this guy behind our friend is, oh, baby, you're almost there. He finally turns around. He's had enough. Hey, buddy, shut the hell up, all right, will you? A few minutes later, the stripper stretches out on the floor, takes off her G-string. The whole club goes absolutely apeshit, except for, oddly enough, this guy who's sitting right behind our hero. Curious, the guy turns around and says, Say, buddy, where's all your enthusiasm now? The guy responds, It's all over your back. Sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually, I'm usually that enthusiastic guy that's just ruining it for everybody else. <laughs> Okay, got a couple of jokes on audio here. Hey, Stephen Gord, this is Scott from the Disney Indiana podcast calling to wish you guys a happy fifth anniversary. Uh, also, uh, wanted to say how much I do enjoy the show, even though I don't uh, provide a whole lot of feedback. I've also enjoyed the uh, the Bone Bad Film Festivals. So I thought I would call in and share a joke with you. And being who I am, it has to be a Disney joke. So. What did Cinderella do when she got to the ball? She gagged. <laughs> Later, guys. She gagged. Nice. You know, I, I almost don't expect the filthy jokes from Scott. <laughs> no, from a from a Disney he, podcaster? Yeah, that's... he's the host of the Disney Indiana podcast, and he busses with a, a Cinderella blowjob joke. I love that yeah. so much. Wow. Well, we... If you look at the Disney like film history, they do slide in a little a graphic, uh, like a little dick pic here, or or like the random boner there. Yeah, like, the the they, uh, they're cover- a whole bunch of sickos. They just get paid to to hide it. The cover of Little Mermaid, right? There's a oh, penis yeah. in that castle. On there's the a big raging golden boner on it. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually the working title on that movie: <laughs> raging, raging Golden, golden boner, boner of the Sea. The little yeah. the Little Mermaid and the Raging Golden Boner. And then they, <laughs> I, would, you know, I would watch that movie. That sounds almost more like an Indiana Jones film. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's another one. Yo, Bonebat Show, what's happening? It is the massive one, if you will. Congratulations on five years. Happy fifth birthday. You know it, baby. And here's a little joke everybody remembers. Drunken Zombie has a website. Bubble King. Everybody loves that one. Congratulations. <laughs> Love the show. Massive. So we got an inside joke from Doiner there. All right, then. Evidently, uh, Drunken Zombie has a website now. Finally. All right, and uh, here's another. So this guy comes home, finds his wife banging another dude. He's like, what are you doing? She turns to the other guy and says, 
see, I told you he was fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that, was oh. a, that was a mystery joke. I don't know who called that in. Uh, just some random? Just unknown? some dude, yeah. I don't know who that uh, was. Now, it might have been a listener named John who uh, emailed me earlier today, so that might be who it is, but he never said, so... Whoever that was, mystery joke guy, thank you very much for calling in. Cut right to the funny. <laughs> that wasn't too shabby. Not at all. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, who wants to go first? You guys got something? I got something. I'm inspired by the Disney Indiana podcast. <laughs> joke, so okay. I'm going Disney here. Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse are before the divorce court judge. And the divorce court judge turns to Mickey and he goes, I'm sorry. I cannot grant you a divorce from Minnie Mouse. And Mickey says, well, why not? He goes, well, her being crazy is not grounds for divorce, Mickey. He goes, I didn't say she was crazy. I said she's fucking goofy. <laughs> back in, back out there, Indiana. That's for you. Oh, I always well. thought probably, you know, I don't know. Uh, Donald Duck's wound a little too tight. I think that uh, Goofy might be the horniest of the bunch. Uh, I think Donald That's Duck sweet. enjoys a good thumb in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that just calms him down. <laughs> Every once in a while, there's a daisy duck. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. just walks around with a handful of brown feathers. I think it goes for a good bill job. <laughs> waka, waka, waka. <laughs> We're here I see all him night, putting folks. on his special outfit, like all like latex. He goes, the, the rubber ducky thing. <laughs> a rubber ducky. That's well, nice. I'm not much of a joke guy. Okay. Like, I don't know. I'm usually more funny stories. So I, I got a story. Like, I'm, I'm like a huge, morbidly obese guy, right? Okay. Right. So I I was having some some trouble uh, urinating, and I went to the doctor, and uh, well I like sat down and whatever. He tells me he's like you know Billy, you're gonna have to stop masturbating, and I was kind of freaking out because that's like the one thing I do really well. <laughs> and I was like why? And he's like well otherwise I'm not gonna be able to examine you. <laughs> <laughs> So there's this man and this woman, and they're sitting beside each other in the first class section of a plane. And the woman sneezes, she takes out a tissue, gently wipes her nose, and just starts shuddering violently. And the man kind of looks at her, and that, that's kind of weird. And a few minutes later, he's, you know, reading his book or whatever, and she does it again. She sneezes, just very, very petite sneeze, wipe, takes out a tissue, wipes her nose, and again, just shudders. And so the third time this happens, this little, you know, routine, he, he is beside himself. He just, he's got to know what's going on. And he says, well, ma'am, do I need to call the attendant? Is there something that we need to do, you know, for this? And she says, no, she, and she's a little bit embarrassed, a little bit sheepish, but she says, well, here's the thing. I, I'm sorry if I'm disturbing, but I have this rare condition that whenever I sneeze, I have an orgasm. And the man now, he's starting to feel a little warm. And he, he says, well, you know, I've never heard of that before. What are you taking for this? She says, pepper. <laughs> tiny sneezes are so hot. I don't care. Uh, the tinier the sneeze, the better. And I, I met a woman who had the tiniest sneezes and the most thunderous farts. 
and I was heartbroken when she wouldn't accept my wedding proposal. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bone Bat Show. It's been an absolute pleasure, Billy. It's, it's the pleasure is all mine. Where can our listeners find your stuff? You know, uh, BillyTheFridge.com is usually a quality hub for gross and nasty rap music and other fine methods of mayhem. Uh, the, the album is BillyTheFridge.Bandcamp.com. You can listen to it there, but like it's all linked from BillyTheFridge.com. So that's the home base. Okay, and you got any big gigs coming up soon? Yeah, uh, the 19th at the uh, Pink Gorilla I'm doing a show with uh, my guy uh, Ricky Farrow, who is on Hustling Scufflin' on the album. Another and great the, tune. And the Death Star Boys are going to be there at the Pink Gorilla of Video Games in U District. Nice. All right. It's all ages, so bring the kids. Just make sure they have earplugs. <laughs> all right, man. And what tune are we going to listen to now? So I think we got to go hard. Go hard. Without that gangster dick. All right, man. Thanks again for joining us. Hey, thank you. We gonna say some things that's gonna make it hard for you to smile. Bitch. Now me, I'm just a regular dude My number one concern is making you move But I'm not alone here, let's take a trip Down to the block, meet my gangster dick Look, he's the type to send trouble your way Stays bumping that shit from N.W.A He ain't no bitch, in fact he's all swag Got thug life tattooed across the ball bag Some days his ways got me so confused He only wears a rubber if it's bulletproof Don't play with my dick, he plays the keep Deep in the pussy till he's six feet deep Creep at a low speed if you know me, gangsta dick banging on the block, he's an OG. Can't stand the heat, stay about the kitchen. P.S. My gangsta dick says stop snitching. My dick hoard, my dick hood, my dick hoard, my dick hood, my dick hood, my dick hood. the death row back in 96 my dick got the stroke of like 90 dicks been bout it bout it since it hit the scene ain't straight hood got a gangsta lean so clean make a bitch sing do re me it was a good day lakers be okc if my dick hits your chick homie all i see is a tramp stamp tombstone r.i.p because it cue that ass straight tear it apart bury it hard don't even care if she fart Farts are gangster, just like my dick is. You disagree, baby, better mind your business. My dick hard, my dick hood. Pour out a little liquor, that's morning wood. My dick is shot, bet your bottom dollar, fam. My dick immortal, come back as a hologram. My dick hard, my dick hood. My dick hard, my dick hood. My dick hood, my dick hood.
gangster song in the world. Now, I ain't saying I condone that lifestyle. I'm definitely not saying I live that lifestyle. I'm just saying, my dick hard. Once again, that was Gangster Dick from Old Fashioned, the brand new release from Billy the Fridge. I hope you dug it. Swing by his website and pick up a copy for yourself. So, dude, you have a political rant this week? Is there anything? I got some rantlets. Yeah, I got some political rantlets. I want to be concise here. I got a lot to say, but I'm not going to say it. So I'm going to try to keep it short. The stock market is through the roof. Corporate profits are sky high. The Bush tax cuts are still in effect. This, this is what the GOP says we need to create jobs, right? All this shit, it's happening. It's now, and it has been happening. It's been happening for a while. So where are all the jobs? You already got what you want, and I don't see the jobs happening. Barack, now I'm looking at you, man. You said that you would put a stop to this attack on civil rights that is the Patriot Act. Yet once you got into office, you continued all of it, all of it, yep. escalating some of it. And while we're at it, why is Gitmo still open? What is up with that, Mr. Obama? And you, all you, you so-called Christian conservatives out there, how come you venerate the wealthy when Jesus himself, himself with a capital H, said that rich people go to heaven in much the same way as camels go through needle eyes, in that they don't. So why does it seem like a value to you for people to be rich when that's the opposite of what your Jesus man was saying? Finally, here's my prediction. You know, you know it, I know it, everybody knows it. Mitt Romney cannot win the election. But Barack Obama, he can lose it. Nobody likes Romney. Nobody can relate to him. He's a rich douche that thinks sacrifice means buying a smaller second yacht. But he has more money than God. So this is what you can expect right before the election. In those final frantic weeks, you should expect a metric ass ton of scary, sad, anti-Obama ads on the TV, on the radio, in the newspaper, on the internet. That's what you're going to see because everybody knows. Mitt Romney knows. He cannot make himself look better to enough voters to get elected. So he's going to do his best to make his opponent look worse. And it just might work. And that, that is my political rantlet. So as a betting man, or as a not betting man, such as the case may be, what do you think is going to happen? What do you predict? I still can't get my head around the fact that Bush won a second term. That makes absolutely no sense to me. So with that in mind... I am going to bet Mitt Romney takes the election. Yeah, but Bush had, like, family in Florida. He had people placed to make that happen. He didn't win the popular vote. Right. But he still won the election. You don't need to win the popular vote to win the election. No, I I know that. But I I don't know that uh, Romney has the same base that Bush had. Yeah, I think he does. I think all the people that, that you think Bush all put the same place, piece, all the same pieces are in the same places still. Yeah, I, I think that they they had an infrastructure set up then, and I think they have an infrastructure set up now. And I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me why Romney should win, but it didn't make any sense to me why Bush should win in even in an even bigger way. So, I think the only reason Obama was elected was after eight years of Bush. So many people were so fed up. There was nothing that could be done to stop it. 
remember, like right around then, that's when people thought that they didn't even know if their next paycheck was going to be, you could cash to the bank. They didn't know if McDonald's was going to make payroll. They didn't know if the bank that they went to was even going to be open. I mean, shit was breaking down. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking Romney's going to take it. Yeah, but after the 47% comment even, where he basically pissed all over half the country and called them slackers and layabouts who were just looking for a handout? Yeah, I still think. I mean, he said that, and there there wasn't a riot, you know. The same people that wanted to vote for him continue to want to vote for him. The same people that didn't, didn't. Really? The the same people who wanted to vote for him? I don't think that's true. He's even behind Obama in NASCAR viewers now, I understand. (laughs) <laughs> that evidently Romney wow, went to impressive. Romney went to a NASCAR race and was making fun of the raincoats the people were wearing, and uh, someone asked him if he was a NASCAR fan, and he said, "Well, no, but some of my best friends are NASCAR owners." So he's yeah. he's shown a he's shown an amazing touch with the common man. Well, yeah, but you know what? Bush started a whole war over nothing, so and he got elected again. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I, you asked my prediction. That's my prediction. What you think? Obama's going to take it. Yeah, almost by default because Romney's fucked the pooch so many times. Yeah, but you see, you're going to have like a week of just solid, cannot get away from it everywhere you look. Obama is destroying America. Obama is the Antichrist. You repeat a lie enough and people will believe it. But there are more women in this country than there are men. And how could any woman anywhere vote for the Republican Party at this point? Who spent the last six months telling everyone that rape is fun for the whole family? Like, what's his name? Uh, Mitt is is the king of closing down a factory, of outsourcing jobs, of taking the wealth of a functional business enterprise and transferring it to himself and leaving everybody else who's a hardworking American, blue-collar or white-collar, person in there trying to get things done and just kicking him out on the street and enriching himself yet there are a lot of those same people that say well he's our guy there's a there is a disconnect in it and i think that the disconnect works better for the republicans than it does for the democrats yeah you might be right about that i mean like i said and until you get the money out until you get a system where corporations aren't paying for politicians to call the shots on their behalf folks like us are going to get dicked either way i don't see that getting fixed this year no no that's not getting fixed there's going to be you can you can write ceo pay off as an expense so a company is actually in a better position tax wise the more it spends on its ceo it's it's just going to eat itself yeah Ugh. all right now that everyone's depressed way to go isn't this supposed to be a comedy podcast it's supposed to be but it's also supposed to be informative and that's why we have you here oh that was your first mistake. <laughs> All right, why don't we check out another tune? Let's do it. This is a tune from 2011's Lunchbox Soldiers EP by Billy the Fridge, featuring Kabuto the Python. This is a song that should reach the heart of all Seahawks fans. Beast Mode. Crikey! It's the Beast Hunter here, and we're at the Outback Steakhouse, hunting the elusive Fridgeback Billy Goats. As you can see now, he's he's making his way up to the, the blooming onion, and it looks like he's going into beast mode. It's Billy the Beast, so really at least, a bully with the fury of a furry unleashed. I'm old school minded, new school boots, spit so grimy, I just drool in the booth, plus I rule with the boot to 
of the jewels in your suit Add fuel to the fire where the cypher won't compute This cypher gon' be boot like a diaper filled with poop I'm a tiger but I'm hyper, I vibe, we're in a zoo A fucking frenzy and all your fucking friends be Headed fucking steady for the end of my machete I'm fucking ready, send me blowjob eddies It's over cause the butter on my core comes messy Don't test me, I co-wrote the quiz Heavyweight wrestler gon' choke hold the biz Yeah, don't coax the fridge I co-broke the bridge if your coat knows your bitch Yeah On beast mode, Mama Grizzly told me don't retreat below. When I rap robots on my wang, we go spit straight dope. Every verse is a kilo. Fire that to burn off your wig piece, chemo. Just a couple steps from the big time Reno. Rolling with a chopper, Apache, Hilo. English birds know that I am hella fly, Heathrow. Yo, I am a rapping white guy, but I don't represent the nerdcore. That's a white lie. So you no longer respect me? That's a right. I just wish that I was good enough for satellite high. Fuck it to the nerds, I am out of sight, guy. Cause they love how I rap about the Canaanite lives. You talk Hella shit, trying to battle like I you could get your face split like a rattlesnake eye. Oh, oh no, this is where the wild things like to go. Oh, oh no, this is where the wild things like to go. I'm a monster, nobody wants to see me in the streets. I'm a beast like Blanca. I'll shock ya, call me E Honda. Thousand hands slapped to your face, I'll drop ya. Cold cock ya, somebody call a doctor. Or an ambulance and a medic helicopter. Party rocker, party at me casa. Smoking marijuana like a cancer ridden rasta. I'm in beast mode, homie, I'm in beast mode. Aim the remote, pull the trigger and reload. I'm in beast mode, homie, I'm in beast mode. I'm the freak show, y'all using cheat codes. I'm in beast mode, homie, I'm in beast mode. Aim the remote, pull the trigger and reload. I'm in beast mode, homie, I'm in beast mode. I'm the freak show, y'all. Oh, oh no, this is where the wild things like to go. Oh, oh no, this is where the wild things like to go. Oh, oh no, this is where the wild things like to go. All right, once more, Beast Mode by Billy the Fridge. So we had a little bit of uh, extra pack stuff that we needed to throw in this episode. With pack spillover. Despite the fact that we recorded roughly 72 hours of interviews and information last time, there were still a couple of things that we missed, so uh, we ought to go back. Let's go back. So, Get in the Wayback Machine. So first of all, uh, one of the booths that we spent some time in was Bethesda's, who last year graced us with Rage and Skyrim, two games that we both played to completion, I think. Yep. And then this year, they've got a brand new game that's coming out on October 8th called Dishonored, which we both played a little bit. Now, it's an interesting mix between like Victorian era, maybe steampunky sci-fi with a more modern slant on a revenge tale. You play a guy who was wrongfully placed in prison and you've been dishonored and you essentially have to get revenge. And it's a role-playing game, I guess, correct? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a 
It's not a first-person shooter. It's a first-person sneaker. Yeah, a stealth game, lots of uh, stabby stuff going on, but also kind of some mystery. The scene that we played, uh, you had to go into this cocktail party and find out who this one person is and then assassinate them amongst uh, a bunch of guards. And it was in like this rambling kind of broken down sort of a mansion. And it was just it was a really cool kind of a scene that I enjoyed. And it had a neat vibe to it. I, I would be definitely interested in playing the game more. It was interesting, uh, a mix between kind of hard weaponry, and there was also kind of like a magic aspect to it too, right? Yeah, you could summon packs of rats to devour your enemies if you wanted, which is nice. <laughs> like you do. Yeah, you know, we do that kind of thing around here. That's how we roll. What do you think? Would you play it? Uh, I thought it was a beautiful game to look at. I thought it was fun to watch. It did not grab me. I don't like stealthy, sneaky games. Okay. What but about? I, I really like the the steampunk vibe to it. I I thought it was cool. I just wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't it, play it. It definitely seemed like a world I had never been in before, and that was one of the things that I liked most. I think about it. It's like you know, w- between Borderlands and Rage. I mean, we've kind of done a lot of the. Mad Max, post-apocalypse stuff, Fallout, another example of that. Lately, you know, and we've done the zombie thing, and we've done Skyrim, and we've done Mass Effect, and this was just a game that was completely a different vibe, and I, I think I might give it a try because of that, if I can fit it into my dance card. Borderlands 2 is still taking up a lot of my time, but we'll talk about oh, yeah. that a bit. Another game that we played in Bethesda booth, uh, you did, uh, Doom 3D. Now, they've redone Doom. In a 3D mode, what did you think of that? Uh, I was prepared to hate it because I hate the 3D stuff. I got to tell you, it was fun. And it was really good looking. That Doom is a great game. All the Doom great games are great. You run around and shoot demons. Nothing wrong with that. And uh, this was the best looking Doom I've ever seen. I was really impressed with how it looked and how it played. And if they had a 2D version of the reworked game, I would probably buy it and play it because it was pretty awesome. So what hardware did you need? Was that glasses and a special monitor that they had? Yeah, it was glasses. I don't think the monitor was special, but the glasses are special. Was it plain glasses or were the glasses plugged in in some way? No, no, they weren't plugged in. They were just the... Yeah, it's hard to tell because the room is dark and you got all the wires and crap all around you. But no, I think you just stuck on some special glasses. But, you know, you got the glasses, and then you got the headphones over it, so it's a little uncomfortable. But I think it's one of those things where you just see the screen without the glasses, it would look all all kind of messed up and ghosty. Mm-hmm. You know, you put on the special glasses, and ta-da, 3D! It's hell, and you're in 3D! Yay! <laughs> all right. Uh, another game that we uh, spent some time with. Now, we didn't actually get to play this one hands-on, but uh, World of Warplanes. We played it with our feet. <laughs> World of Warplanes. World of Warplanes. All right, it's from the same guys that brought you World of Tanks, except this is, stay with me here, Warplanes. <laughs> World War II, and these guys really, really are bringing the love to the game. They went and found every conceivable warplane from World War II in the, in specific air forces. Some are not yet made. And they have created those airplanes for you to fly and dogfight and crash. Everything from the early crappy biplanes of World War II to the, towards the end, the late model proto-jets. Hell, I guess they weren't proto-jets, they were jets. 
and they put them all together and make them fight. And it's great. There is some really... The, all your old favorites are there. You've got your P-38s and your P-51s. And when we were there, they were working on the um, the stuff in the Pacific campaign, too. So they had the Corsairs and the Zeros and whatnot. But they also had the really bizarre, especially the, the bizarre German planes. They had the, the first canard wing aircraft. It's a, that's a word you can look up. But they had some of the, some of the wacky nosed uh, German bombers and or, no, I don't think they had the bombers yet they had some of the wacky nosed German airplanes they did not yet have the uh, RAF so they did not have the mosquito but they you know that was in the pipeline it was cool I thought it was really cool it yeah, looked the, good it looked like it played good it looked hard as shit though the attention to detail it just loving detail is what really makes this game so notable and the fact that it is free 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 to play yeah or will be when it goes it will live be. yeah and, you know, the, the the thing about World War II planes, if you, you know, for the folks who haven't, like, you know, spent any time, I think every middle school boy spends some time in love with World War II, because I certainly did. And one of the cool things is, like, during the war, they were iterating so fast that there were runs of airplanes that were, like, only 100 planes, and then they would improve it in the next batch. So you've got like the, the P-51A, the P-51B, the P-51C3. I mean, you know, there there's just all these different designations. And this game has all of them. Yeah, it's with- amazing because that was a period of time where they were just innovating like crazy. And uh, <laughs> now you get to fly them without actually having to suffer the horrors of war yourself. So when did they Which say nice. this one was going to be available? I don't think they did. <laughs> Keep an eye peeled for it. Watch the site, uh, World of Warplanes, I believe. Uh, World of Tanks you can watch through there. And that's a game that is still lively. It has a big community that is playing it. And it is also free to play. Now, how they make their money is you can buy different upgrades and things. But they're, for the most part, as I understand, they're like cosmetic upgrades. They're not upgrades that actually affect gameplay. That is as I understand it as well. Yeah. So, very cool stuff and something to absolutely watch out for if you're a fan of historical fighting strategy type of games. Finally, another game that we neglected to discuss was Torchlight 2, which I think we spoke about last year a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I've actually been playing it. I picked up a copy. It is available now. And it's a blast. It looks great. It plays great. It's fun. It's a dungeon crawler, a la Diablo, a la Torchlight, really, at this point. It's got its own Stop thing. Stop saying a la. You're going to get us in trouble. <laughs> you know, it still has the great features you love. You can send your pets back to town with your armor to get money for you, which is just sweet. There's a, a minimum of wasting your time in this game, and you get right to the awesome dungeon battling. And each character has three different skill trees. So I'm playing as a berserker right now. And so there's like a frost skill tree, an animal skill tree, and I'm not sure what the other one is because I haven't put any points there yet. So there's a lot of customizable stuff, which makes it a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. I'd say check it out. It's definitely worth the mere $20 you are going to have to pay to play this high-quality game. Courtesy of Mare $20. So it's like $20 in a horse? Yes, exactly. So from Runic Games, now okay. available on Steam. That's what I thought. Check it out. Not sure. Was it going to be available for Xbox or just PC? I believe it's PC only. Okay. Good to know. 
All right, why don't we listen to another tune now? This is another cut from 2012's Old Fashioned by Billy the Fridge. This is Forever Alone. It seems like the girls I want, I don't even get. And the girls I get, I don't even want. Fuck. Here and now, let it be known. I won't settle, I'm forever alone. So keep calling, I won't pick up the phone. I'm taking her home Girl I want got a figure like an hourglass Girl I get can't keep her finger out my ass Girl I want likes to dance until the sunrise Girl I get smokes meth inside her Hyundai Girl I want has a soft spot for animals Girl I get types text in all capitals Girl I want probably barely even fat at all Girl I get stole my little brother's Adderall Girl I want gives back to the community Girl I get tried to have the doctor neuter me Girl I want got a bachelor in psychology Girl I get always ask for an apology Girl I want laughs at me when I clown around Girl I get laughs at me when my pants are down Girl I want quotes lines from Kevin Smith Girl I get sucked 37 dicks I ain't gon' front, I ain't gon' trip She won't get with me Damn, that girl ugly But she says she love me Damn, that girl fine But she'll never be mine Damn, that girl buckled But she's down to fuck So I ain't gon' front, I ain't gon' trip Got a smile and a big butt Girl I get is in denial, she's a big slut Girl I want is a lady, tell her panties down Girl I get looks an awful lot like Danny Brown Girl I want goes toe to toe on Xbox Girl I get has pussy hair and dreadlocks Girl I want drinks whiskey, no chaser Girl I get got whiskers, no razor Girl I want pumps swag out the ovarian Girl I get coochie smell like an aquarium Girl I want keeps boxes full of tiki tack Girl I get says her favorite band is Nickelback Girl I want rubs my body down with baby oil Girl I get was in a gangbang battle royal Girl I want probably doesn't exist Girl I get will hear this song and get pissed I ain't gon' front, I ain't gon' trip She won't get with me Damn, that girl ugly But she says she loved me Damn, that girl fine But she'll never be mine Damn, that girl buckled But she's down to fuck So I ain't gon' front, I ain't gon' trip All right, once again, Forever Alone by Billy the Fridge. Time for some multimedia triage, my friend. What have you been digging on this so, last couple of weeks? Here's what I've been digging on. The reading that I have been able to do in, in bits and pieces before I have to lay down and close my eyes is the next Horace Heresy book, Fear to Tread. It's about the Blood Angels, and it's written by James Swallow. And it's, it's a good one. I think the last uh, Horace Heresy book I reviewed on the show... I was not of. I'm fond of it again. This is great. 
This is about the Blood Angels and their betrayal by Horus and their confrontation with the forces of chaos as they, they attempt to exterminate the entire Legion while the Legion itself is forced to confront the chaos that may lie in its own genetic makeup. It's a cool book. I'm liking it a lot. So the Blood Angels is, was always one of my favorite chapters of the Space Marines. They had kind of a cool thing going on where they had like this vampiric gene flaw that was always kind of interesting. So I'm I'm sort of interested in checking that book out. Now, James Swallow was not one of your favorite authors before, so it was kind of heartening to hear that you like this one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that time me no likey and this time me likey, but... Maybe it's because I have a head injury. <laughs> Nothing like a head injury to make you enjoy the work of James Swallow. That's right. He's probably going to put that on the back of his next book. Speaking of outer space stuff, Man or Astro Man, the mighty surf rock band from Beyond the Stars, has new stuff coming out. It's stuff that they've recorded at the studio of Steve Albini, nice. and it is their Astro Analog series. Man, uh, this... It's got just everybody who's ever been on the Bone Bat Show. It's like a who's who. It's like an anniversary show. No shit. Yeah. What they're doing is they're they're doing a few songs at a time. They release them on clear vinyl or colored vinyl, some cool vinyl discs. They wait a bit, then they re- release it as ones and zeros. So the first three songs, Astro Analog Series, you can pick up now on iTunes, or if you don't want to feed the evil beast, you can pick it up on uh, CD Baby or one of those other ones. Get it streamed digitally to you. And I think the next group of songs, Astro Analog Series 2, is coming out at the end of October. And I believe that they're selling the vinyl discs of Series 2 right now as we record this. So if you are an analog guy you or gal, you really ought to go buy Man or Astro Man's new stuff because it's cool, it's fun, and it's recorded at Albini Studio. Speaking of stuff that's been on our show, our friends, Deadheads, the movie Deadheads is now available streaming on Netflix. Yeah. So if you couldn't go to the film fest and you couldn't rent the thing, now you can watch it on Netflix and you should because it's funny and it's good. And finally, speaking of our film fest, my favorite twisted short of our fest was Curtain, and now you can go watch it on Vimo, I believe, on your computer. Stream it like 15 minutes long. It's such a great movie. I just watched it again. God, it's a great movie. <laughs> I will update the link on that on the Bone Bat Film Festival page, so go there and you'll be able to click right through to watch it. Click it. And, of course, we're both playing Borderlands 2. We are playing the shit out of Borderlands 2. It is so much fun. Now, what would you say to the people who are complaining that there's too much loot in this game? It is essentially an arrow comparison engine. That's like complaining there's too much porn on the Internet. Come on! (laughs) That's why you're there. Exactly. Yes, my God. I love, what else would you be doing on the internet? Right. I love the art in the game. I love the sense of humor, the quirky sense of humor. I love the characterizations that they're bringing. You meet these crazy ass characters like Tiny, Tiny Tina. Tina. Yeah, exactly. Who are just amazing, funny characters. And I'm having just a ball back in that world again. And there's tons more weapons. You are constantly comparing weapons and trying to find, you know, the best one for you and your 
your fighting style. The upgrade system is very fun. All the different little uh, ways you can customize your character are enjoyable. I'm just having a, a really good time with the game. Yeah, I find absolutely nothing to complain about. The artwork is in a style that it's that heavy heavy metal look, the, the magazine heavy metal look that these guys really pioneered. Uh, Rage kind of stole that look, I think, and they did a good job of it. But no one else has tried to duplicate it. And Borderlands 2, at first glance, the art is the same but as, as it was in Borderlands 1. But if you look at it a little more carefully, it's a lot better. It's no longer just kind of cell-shaded. It's fairly sophisticated. It looks awesome. I love the look. I love the game. I love the humor. I love the depth of thought that went into the different weapons manufacturers and all the different interweaving tales of the characters. And you get to run around and shoot stuff with crazy, crazy weapons. I love it. And what's what's fun, though, is a lot of the missions that you go on are crazy. Like, there's this these creatures that are called Booligongs. And you're doing a mission for Sir Hammerlock, who is kind of like this naturalist in this world. And he's sending you out to try to find some sort of evidence of these creatures that would give him a new name for them. And By the way, spoiler alert, did you know Sir Hammerlock is gay? I did not. Now I'm not you do. to that yet. Well, thanks. Appreciate that. God <laughs> damn you. Okay, one of the things about playing multiplayer is that... I gotta say, I'm not a fan of not having your own loot. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't mind that so much because there's so much loot. If you get some good stuff and I miss out on it, I don't mind it. I know there's going to be more good stuff that I get. Plus, you and I trade loot anyway, so... Yeah, but I would like it better if they had, like, the loot geared toward your character. I don't... If I'm playing a Gunzerker, I don't really need Siren Mod. Yeah, and so well, if I'm spending nine, if I'm, nice but if gun. I'm spending time like worried about if you're going to get the siren mod first, you know, I got to run over to that corner and snatch up something for a guy I just killed before you do. I don't like that aspect of it. What? I'm some big dick that's going to get buy, get your stuff that you want, and yeah, then not you let are. you have you're it. You're a dick that takes my shit, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just uh, I don't know. I, I'm so used to playing single player and going about it at my own speed. And I know I do the same thing. I'll, like, wander off, and you're like, what the fuck? And it's like, well, I'm just exploring this corner like I would normally if I was by myself. You don't wander anywhere. You run full-out breakneck <laughs> speed, not pausing to do anything, not scoping out where the explosive barrels are, not pausing to snipe things at a distance. You're a goddamn menace. You're a cowboy cop, a loose cannon, and there's no room for you in this force. And you're too goddamn old for this. You're retiring <laughs> next week. <laughs> And here I am going off full tilt boogie. Ah, oh, my pension. <laughs> the uh, multiplayer arena shit is so much fun. It's great. You can spend a lunch hour with your friend online, killing a bunch of stuff, and then go back to work. Yeah, we've been, and I don't know that there's, looking at the guidebook, which we got, we'll talk about that in a second, I don't know that there's an end to those levels. Because last oh, time. I thought there were like five levels. Oh, does it say that? Because I didn't see that there was an end. It just said. We that... need to consult the guidebook better. I did. No, and it said that it just told, it laid out all the creatures you fought. I didn't think it said the number of levels. I'll have uh, to look at that more closely. But uh, I love the fact that if it's open ended and it just keeps ramping up the difficulty, 
you just like saying open-ended playing like you know level 12 level 15 i i think that would be fun well yeah how far can we go you know how far can we take like horde mode you don't shut horde mode down when you get to level 40 you go as far as you can no longer survive you know easy enough for you to say uh i try so yeah, we both got uh, copies last week of the Borderlands 2 guide as well, which is a really cool uh, guide to the game. Has uh, every mission laid out for you. I got the deluxe edition, which also has a punch-out skag and claptrap in the back on hard cardstock, which is cool. It also has uh, a guide to all the creatures in Pandora, so you can see all the art. There's a uh, Marcus's Gun Guide, which has a catalog of a lot of the guns in the game. Now, a lot of them are generated, you know, randomly, so you're not going to see everything, but you get a pretty good sense of all the different munitions that are available to you in the game. You get the gist of it. And it even has a lot of the Easter egg stuff, like my son found the Minecraft level, and it doesn't lay it straight out, but it does talk about in the guidebook where it is and what to look for and keep your eyes peeled for cool things that you might recognize. So it doesn't spoon feed you, but gives you enough information to enjoy the game. What did you? What's your thought on it? I am not one for guidebooks generally uh, because I don't want a spoiler. But there's so much going on in this that there were a couple times when I actually went to the guidebook and went, wait, what am I supposed to be looking for? And then proceeded on from there. And it, it didn't give it away. It didn't ruin it for me. But frankly, it's just kind of fun reading. It sort of gets in the heads of the creators and, and the depth at which they, they went to create the various classes of guns and creatures and environments. And it's, it's kind of a cool book. It's almost a coffee table book about a game that you like. Yeah, and the all the art that is in it, there's a lot of like the, the posters, the propaganda type posters from Handsome Jack. And like you're saying, to have lo- sort of a souvenir from the game, it serves that purpose as well, which I think is kind of cool. So. Yeah. Now, another thing that we've both uh, enjoyed recently, Cabin in the Woods came out on DVD. Oh my God, I would like to thank every single person who saw this, told me I should watch it, and then didn't tell me any more about it. <laughs> I what was a great that, movie. I was worried you were going to hate it for whatever reason. Because lots of times you really like something and then I poop all over it. Yeah, it's happened before. It doesn't always happen, but I, I was just glad that, that you got as much enjoyment out of it as I did. Now, I, the only thing I have mixed feelings about is I really don't know whether or not I want to talk about the movie and risk ruining it for somebody else who's going to enjoy it as much as I did because it was just such a great it's you know don't think it's just a Friday the 13th slasher monster in the woods kind of movie it's in that trope I guess well I think we can dance around it a little bit and and still say some things that you know people who have seen it would get I I think, like I told you, one of the things, when you walk into the movie, it is immediately at the start not what you're expecting. And Julie and I both, when we we saw it in the theater, we both kind of thought, are are we in the right movie? And so it definitely takes a different twist from the start. And I enjoyed that. When the movie really gets going and the shit hits the fan, as a horror fan, I was like just giddy. Kid in a candy shop, (laughs) this is fucking great. As a horror fan, 
how awesome is that? I just love that. And I love the fact that the way they've done this film, there's not going to be a sequel to it. Nope, nope. There will be no part two. <laughs> Which is awesome. So I, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. I had a great time. Now, I saw, you know, our friend Brother D. I, I haven't heard yet, but he didn't like it. What is wrong with that I guy? don't know. He was bad-mouthing it on Facebook a little bit the other day. Yeah, I think he said, so that was Cabin in the Woods, huh? Does he have, like, a glandular disorder or something? I don't what, know. What How do hell? you not like that movie? I, I don't know. You know but the it, movie I thought of when I was done watching it? What's that? Was a movie we reviewed on the show not too long ago, Moonrise Kingdom. Well, really? Because Why so? when I finished watching Moonrise Kingdom, my reaction was, that was a perfect movie. And when I finished watching Cabin in the Woods, I had the same reaction, like, that was a perfect movie. Totally different genres, different everything. But goddamn, that was a, such a great flick. Yeah, it was and it, smart. it went exactly where it should have gone. It was smart, it kept you guessing. It, and it had boobies in it. It had a little bit of boobies. Yeah, it yeah. was great so, film. I like it. It's kind of interesting. I'm not a Joss Whedon guy. You know, I don't watch Buffy and Dollhouse and stuff like that, but this year, two of my favorite movies were Avengers and Cabin in the Woods. There might, you know, this guy, he might just amount to something. <laughs> he just might. Let's see, what else? Uh, I also mentioned earlier the uh, Grindhouse film series that's going on in Tacoma at the Grand Cinema, put on by Justin Jallo. Phantasm is playing on October 26th and 27th, so if you're in the area... The way he puts together the films with, he, he shows like some old school trailers and stuff ahead of time, and it's a fun way to take in these films that you haven't seen in a long time, in original 35mm. Uh, Nick the Hat has done a collectible poster for only 10 bucks for each of the films so far. I have the first three, unfortunately. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to Phantasm, but I think you should if you can. So listeners, go check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun. The last thing, uh, currently I am reading The MVP by Scott Sigler, which is the fourth book in his Galactic Football series. A You've been reviewing the heck out of this series. Yeah, it's been a blast. Uh, this is the fourth year. Quarterback Quentin Barnes is having a rough time with the Ionath Krakens. His defense sucks. Uh, he has, his secondary is just getting torched, and so he almost caused intergalactic war by making contact with a new species and having a couple of their, uh, I guess, members uh, join the football team and play in their defensive backfield. And so right now it's, again, another brisk, fun read, kind of a little bit of mafia stuff going on with the football because... All of the, the football teams are owned by mobsters in this, this sci-fi world. And it's just a lot of fun, light, easy reading, uh, something you should check out if that sounds like it appeals to you. So, Scott Sigler, MVP, check it out. All right, then. And that's it. That's it. We oh, did it. Oh, you I know, did not pass out at any point during the podcast nice. that I'm aware of. A couple of the things I did want to mention. Uh, oh. Last episode, This Place is Haunted, the band we featured, uh, Jeff Barone, who we interviewed, has a new solo album that's coming out this uh, month, October 30th. It's called Conversation Pieces. It's evidently a concept album based around a high school student. 
and his dreams and problems and tribulations and things like that. Uh, it comes out on October 30th again. Uh, you can pick it up either digitally on CD or he's got a package with a T-shirt. And you can find that at uh, jeffbarone.bandcamp.com. Uh, additionally, the talent behind Death Star, Bill Beats, has yeah. a solo album. Where the fuck did this come from? Wow, that man is a busy, busy man. But why He's do like I the hardest to, working man in nerdcore. Why do I have to find out about this shit on Facebook? Shouldn't we get an email? We should. We should get something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's very cool. Uh, it's called Bill Beats for President. You can pick it out at billbeats, one word, dot bandcamp dot com. And uh, it's got tunes on it by Death Star, Medic, Sketch, Rook the Rhymer, and Shubzilla, who we saw live at that show during PAX. Do you remember her? We're cool like that. And yes, I do remember her. She was great. Yeah, she was awesome. So it's cool to hear, you know, a track down on wax, as it were, by her. So very cool stuff. Uh, check out the new one from Bill Beats. The cool thing about Bandcamp is you can essentially listen to all these albums and decide if you like them. It's not 30-second samples like on Amazon. You can listen to a whole cut and get a vibe. Uh, same with Billy the Fridge's album, for that matter, old-fashioned. You can listen to it if you like it. Give them a few bucks. If you don't like it, you know, you're not out anything but time. So three different things you can check out. Jeff Barone, Bill Beats, Billy the Fridge. I hope you enjoy Thank yous. Uh, once thank again, you. I'd like to thank Billy the Fridge for joining us on the show like to thank everybody who has been on the show, been interviewed on the show, listened to the show for the last five years. Thank you to all the people who called in this week. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to hear from you. And uh, Vaughn. Especially Vaughn. I love that guy. <laughs> I'm a big Vaughn fan, I gotta say. I know you are. are you, I like Vaughn too. Our usual bullshit. The show number here is 425-296-6557. Or you can reach us via email to steve at bonehand.com. Got new content on bonehand.com every Sunday, including the heavy half hour sometimes. I haven't done one of those all summer. So next week will be the first new heavy half hour in a long ass time. So Jeez. I hope you dig that. Get it together, man. You can find my stuff, such as it is. Once again, at MightyWombat.com, I am recovered enough that I actually drew a cartoon today and posted it. It's been a few weeks. Um, made Steve chuckle. I thought it was great. So just log on, take a look, see what you think of the post-head injury Mighty Wombat cartoons. <laughs> and I actually started using Twitter again. Mighty underscore Wombat is my Twitter thingamabob. And we don't, we have a Facebook page, don't we? We do indeed. Yeah, I might even start doing something on there again. Why not? Go go nuts. You can follow me on Twitter as well. I'm Bonehand over there, and we also have a Bone Bat Twitter feed. As always, thank you for listening. And if you like what we do, please spread the word. Tell a friend. Like us on Facebook. Give us a little feedback. Of course, people we review, cons we go to, all of them are looking at like the number of likes you have on your Facebook page these days. It definitely has some pull, so please give us a shout-out if you like what we do. Give us a like, uh, retweet us. That does help the cause as far as getting us additional exposure out in the world. So thank you very much, and uh, help us out if you can. On that note, we are still up for Best Local Podcast at best.king5.com. So look for the Bone Bat show there, and uh, if we are your favorite, please say so. 
Our final tune this week, another classic from Billy the Fridge and his 2010 album, Million Dollar Fantasy Freak Show. This is Put Em Up. Put Em Up. Once again, thank you for listening. I'm Steve. And this is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. Put em up. See, it's Billy the Fridge and it's George Zalea. And if you didn't know by now, motherfucker, it's about time y'all put em up. Put em up, put em up, put em up now. Twist your fingers in the middle if you want now. Put em up, put em up, put em up now. Everybody put em up, put your cups down. Put em up, put em up, put em up now. Put em up if you're ready for the rundown. Put em up, put em up, put em up now. Everybody from the back to the front now. Catch me and George Alea in the Emerald City. Tipping a stripper to sport milk from her titty. Here, kitty kitty, play with his ball string. You bring the coleslaw, I'll bring the collard green. No, it's no new thing, you know the routine. My Canada broads gon' give me the poutine. It's all gravy, baby, nobody gon' stop me. The Bay is getting hypey while Seattle's getting coffee. So grab a cup and put them up for the new breed. Before we cut you up and cook you up like stew meat. Who needs groupies? Go suck on a sheep stick. I'll snap them like Macho Man with a beef stick. Y'all get seasick, can't see the sickness. Since I was on fire, man, can I get a witness? I guess that a fifth grader is smarter than me, but I'll still let him drink and fucking party with me. What? Put him up, put him up, put him up now. Twist your fingers in the middle if you want now. Put him up, put him up, put him up now. Everybody put him up, put your cuffs down. Put him up, put him up, put him up now. Put him up if you're ready for the rundown. Put him up, put him up, put him up now. Everybody from the back to the front now. Where you at, Billy? Get down one time, Billy. I'm about to go and lose my mind, feel me? I need to find some dimes in that silly. Corona limes, I fit the that jack with me. I pull a lick because my bank account empty. Avoid the law, cause no, they will not get me. I'm hella gone and all of these girls tipped it. I'm trying to grip that ass, but they won't let me. I put them up, put them up, put them up with it. Four fingers in the air, both middle twisted. And everyone looking at me like I don't get it. I told them, tell me when I'm drunk, then I'ma forget it. So where we at, where we at, where we at now? Appointment to the next girl, I put the Mac down. And try to convince her to put her whole back down. On my lap and make a booty do a shakedown. So what it is, what it is, what it is, right? This beautiful baby and it show seems nice. Tell them people what they think that I'm a fucking clown. I came to party and I, I came to get Put them up, put them up, put them up now. Twist your fingers in the middle if you want now. Put them up, put them up, put them up now. Everybody put them up, put your cups down. Put them up, put them up, put them up now. Put them up if you're ready for the rundown. Put them up, put them up, put them up now. Everybody from the back to the front now. Hey, I'm loving being here, man. There's hey, a lot man. of energy like, in the like room right now. Definitely. This is Seattle hip hop in the room right now. <laughs> and we got Billy the Fridge. Yeah, I'm over here in the corner being really quiet for once. I don't, I don't I know, know why. man. I was at your birthday <laughs> joint. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you're quiet right I, now. I know, right? I, I just didn't want to interrupt anybody. I was trying to be real polite, but uh, I guess I need to talk a little bit. I was on your MySpace today listening to uh, the Billy joint. Oh, the, the uh, Billy? Yeah. A Billy, a Billy, a Billy. Yeah. I was thinking, man, I wish I could clean it up. <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's really bad, though. It's, like, really dirty. <laughs> but it's MySpace.com slash fridge if you want to check it out. But, I mean, clean it up because no it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, we can't play it on the radio. It's got It doesn't have, like, interspecies erotica. It's got interplanetary erotica. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm Martian, right? Yeah. Uh, it's it's out there, but oh, if you're man. a kid, don't listen to it. No <laughs> I'll doubt. get in trouble. So you'll be at the corner too. Yeah, I'm gonna be at the corner. Uh, I come out every once in a while to like win a battle or 
or uh, yeah, win a donating contest or something, but I'm going to come out here and perform for Canada. He's doing something really good with the corner, so yeah. I'm really happy to be a part of it. Yeah. No doubt we got a joint from you. Oh, yeah. this uh, Are you about to play it? Yeah, let's play it. Yeah, that's, this is off that Raincraft 7 coming out. It's got uh, Cancer Risings on the album and like a whole bunch of other people. We got Jay yeah. Pender, and it's like this track produced by Apollo. It's, it's kind of a... Uh, uh, Ryan on a mission, Kavasic from yeah. uh, Wake Up and Smell the Hip Hop. He got me the beat from Apollo and was like, "I want you to do something kind of nice to it." You know, he didn't want me to go all crazy on it. Yeah. So, so I tried to clean it up a bit, but um, there's still some stuff in <laughs> yeah. there. Say that. So what's the name of it? <laughs> it smells like hip hop. Smells like hip hop. Yeah. Let's get into it. Street sounds. <laughs> Happy anniversary, dickhead. I'm tired of listening to you. 